sacred scripture refers many times to the divide between light and darkness. In the Gospel of John, we read how Jesus hands down a verdict, a judgment, that many people actually prefer darkness to light. And in our first reading, we hear how God so loved, the, so loved his people that out of compassion, he sent messengers to lead the people back to him but they refused to be led. Instead, the scriptures tell us that they mocked the messengers of God and that they despised their warnings and that they added infidelity to infidelity. But even still, we hear in today's gospel how great and unrelenting is God's love for us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. So Jesus did not come to condemn us. But we read in the ninth chapter of the, the Apostle John that Jesus says he did come to judge us. Now the catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that we are judged by our acceptance or our rejection of God's love. And it goes on to say that by rejecting God's grace in our life, we actually judge ourselves. And we can even condemn ourselves for all eternity by rejecting the grace of God's love. And then finally in the catechism, it makes it clear that it is our attitude and our actions that will ultimately disclose our acceptance or our refusal of God's grace in our life. And so, in other words, our actions will speak louder than our words. So this would seem to run somewhat counter to the commonly held theory of life that it doesn't really matter because everyone gets to heaven anyway. Or that our salvation is just a matter of professing that Jesus is Lord and then so claim the title of being a child of the light. If we were asked, do you believe in Jesus? I have no doubt that we would say yes. If we were asked if we were children of the light or children of darkness, our immediate response would be to claim the light, right? But there is a danger here. The danger is that we can respond to these questions with too quick of an answer. Because without any serious self-reflection, we're prone to simply say, yes, I believe in Jesus, and then sort of wipe our hands clean and never look back, or more accurately, never look within ourselves. We can, in a way, fall into a sort of once saved, 
always saved mentality. And so then simply coast along as though our heavenly ticket has already been punched. Without an, an intentional self-examination, we unwittingly give safe harbor to the shadows that are within us. And I believe that a great majority of us would have to admit that there is within us a nagging tendency to drift toward complacency or even neglect of our faith, at least sometimes. So a few years ago, I gave a homily using the analogy of beekeeping as it relates to the faith. And being that none of you have heard it before, I get to use it again. So at that time, I had just entered the world of bees and I learned that there are typically two very different perspectives when it comes to caring for bees. There are the beekeepers and the bee havers. Now bee havers are pretty much satisfied with just having a hive with some bees and they spend little time or effort in ensuring that the needs of the bees are being met. That it provides honey once in a while is good enough. But you see this hands-off approach, this hands-off way of caring for the bees often over time results in a bee colony that stops growing and it becomes weaker and weaker. And if the bees don't eventually decide to abandon the colony, they will die off slowly one bee at a time. But a beekeeper is just the opposite. A beekeeper is very hands-on, very concerned and attentive to the health of the bee colony, always seeking to do what needs to be done, always on watch for what might bring it harm. And a healthy growing bee colony is the mission and the joy of the beekeeper. In fact, it is also the joy of the bees. So why am I talking about bees? Like I said, it is because in a very real way, it can be analogous to us, to how we see and how we think about and how we treat and care for our faith. When I started out, I was determined that I would be a good beekeeper. So last week, I went out behind my barn and I checked my hives. And I discovered that all three of my hives had perished. You see, they didn't make it through the winter. At some point along the way, they died. And I quickly realized that I may have inadvertently become a bee haver. Now there's various reasons why a bee colony might die. One is that it might have been overrun by what is called a varola mite, a very small bug that if it's not managed, can wreak havoc on a beehive. 
Normally when a bee colony is thriving and everything is going strong, the bees can ward off the mites. And it can be appearing to do very well, at least from the outside. But it is when the cold of winter comes and the resources dwindle that the strength and the health of the colony is put to the test. You see, I meant it when I said I wanted to be a good beekeeper. But over time, little by little, I stopped giving the bees the full attention that they really needed to survive the cold that was bound to come. Well, our faith is like that bee colony, and we are the keepers of it. It may seem fine when things are going well, but if we don't keep vigilance over the state of our soul, those almost invisible mites, the smallest of sins, will over time infiltrate and infect the soul. And little by little, our life of virtue begins to wane. And the, our faith begins to grow weaker and weaker until one day we discover that the light of faith within us slowly died out while we weren't looking. And that is the greatest tragedy that I could imagine. So yes, I, I believe that for the great majority of us, we would have to admit that there is within us a nagging tendency to drift toward complacency or even neglect. But you see what is even worse is that we can become comfortable with being less. We can grow accustomed to having less of God in our life. We can become habituated to the darkness and to neglect and to reject God's grace in our life is to ultimately cast judgment on ourselves. But you see, God so loves us that he gave us his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that you and I might be saved through him. So how do we respond to such a great love from God? So we have about three weeks left of this Lenten season. So now, now is the time to do a deep inspection, to in effect examine the health of our soul and to do whatever we need to do to rid ourselves of all that is doing it harm. By making a deliberate examination of our conscience, we discover the truth of ourselves. And by confessing our sins and seeking absolution, we can be assured of the great good news that we can begin again. 
It is only God's grace that can shed light into the darkness. So I ordered more bees. And this time, I'm gonna be very much on the lookout for the mites that I know are out there. But unlike beekeeping, we cannot simply order a new soul. So we need to take care of the one that we have. And so let us keep the faith rather than just having one. 